Bracken and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with good when things are going wrong against you you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast. No shilling for beer, no, so what does this mean for Rangers slash Celtic? Just 100% Don's chats from folk who are either sitting in the stand or swearing at the Don's through a dodgy stream each week. This week, I've got Martin Cleaners alongside me as usual. Hello, Martin. How you doing, Richard? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Then, if you, like us, are wired into Fit by Twitter, then you can't have escaped this man's work over the past few months. And if you're not a helpless social media addict like us, we recommend you take a look anyway. It's the man behind the overnight sensation that is the Fitbit Tweets account. Just happens to be a dandy. It's a warm welcome to Keith Wallace. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll chat later with Keith to ask him about his project. But first to the Dons on Friday night, a game which brought about a much welcome fourth successive victory. Now, Martin, the first thing to note, I think, was the manager deciding to go for it a bit more, uh, replacing Dominic Ball in his lineup, replacing him with uh, Stevie May. Now, we'll speak a bit more about Stevie, no doubt, but uh, just the intention that that lineup indicated, it seemed to have a crowd in a better heart even before kickoff. Absolutely did, yeah. I mean, we were we were fairly scathing last week when we spoke about Dominic Ball, and, and rightly so. Um, no, I, I don't want to... Don't want to be kind of ripping ripping the wound off of that Kilmarnock performance again, despite the win. You know, it was it was pretty atrocious, and Dominic Ball was part of it. So you get you, you know you see the team coming out, you see Stevie Mays in, and no Dominic Ball's there. You know, it automatically is is a more attacking side. You know, Stevie Mays obviously going to be playing further forward. Granted, obviously, you know you you reshuffle the deck a little bit. It isn't just a case of chucking another guy up front and leaving big glaring gaps in the defence. But it certainly there was. It was really, it was a real positive atmosphere. I thought, felt before the game, just talking to the guys we go to the game with, just chatting to people. Uh, generally, felt there was a, you no, know, there was a big opportunity there. You know, Friday night football is always, you know, always good fun. You know, we've got a really good record with that as well. Stevie being in was really, was really positive, um, and it's something that, you know, I think I was, surpri- I was certainly surprised that I thought we might have been a little bit more cautious and then maybe gone for it in the second half. But you're at home, you know, we're on a good run. We've not been playing you no know, scintillating football as we've spoken about before, but there's been chances there. There's been you no know, decent passages of playing. It was certainly it was an opportunity, and Friday really was an opportunity to kind of make a statement, and we did that. Well, Keith, there's one thing for sure that Stevie May is a caricaturist dream, and um, you've had your fun with him over the course of this season. That's uh, not in doubt. How do you think he fared in that defensive forward role on Friday night? Is it enough for him to have been working really hard on Friday? Stevie May has been easy to kind of to draw and to come up with stuff for um, this season, but it's kind of it went got to the stage where 
and start to feel sorry for him, to be honest. And he was just <laughs> willing him to score. And I think now what he really needs is a run in the team. Um, I think we need to stick with Wilson and May as much as possible. Give him, give him a decent run that I think he needs. He's obviously trying hard. The goals aren't coming yet, but it has got to the stage where I, I don't think I can draw anything really negative about Stevie May without feeling bad about it. <laughs> it's kind of gone past that tipping point now, so I'm kind of like rooting for him. I think the biggest one was the the cup um, quarter final with the penalties, and you were just thinking, oh no, he's going to miss this one, but cut that way nicely. So I hope he gets a run in the team. I think he he deserves that shot, and I think the fans are kind of behind him at the moment. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but that's certainly the way I see it. Yeah, I would say on Friday night there was definitely a, a willingness to get behind not just Stevie but, but everybody uh, almost refreshingly in a way. Um, uh, maybe it's James Wilson who's next in the firing line but that's a discussion for further on in the show. I was actually quite surprised, Martin, coming out of the game at just how much positivity was about the performance on social media and I thought, you know, Stevie did run about and did harry and chase but is a sort of redux Darren Mackey what we are paying £400,000 for? The thing is, he's always going to try hard. He's, he's that type of guy. I mean, when he's fully fit or as, as close to fit, you know, we don't know how, as to how fit he is. You would assume he's as close to being fully fit as he's going to get. You know, he is going to be closing down. He is going to be trying hard. And, you know, I thought he did really well. Though. He was closing guys down. I felt terrible for him in the second half. He probably should have taken the shot earlier rather than trying to chip, o- chip the ball over or past the keeper when he had his chance in the second half. Um, I felt terrible. I was really would have... You know, the, the, the confidence is the kind of thing. He needs a goal. You no, know, yeah, you're right to say coming out of the game, lots of people were were positive, and not just about him. I know. I think that while there wasn't, you know, lots and lots of chances in the game, I think we. You know, I don't really know where Neil Lennon's coming from with the thing that he thought they were the better team in the second half. I didn't see, think that at all. You no, know, Max Lowe was great. I thought Mackay Stephen was great. I thought Neil McGinn played pretty well as well. Hibbs played. Hibbs did quite well defensively. I think they they limited the kind of chances we could get in the box, which kind of affects Stevie Stevie unfortunately as well. But I think the kind of thing is now that it's going to it'll come from eventually. I know you're obviously not 100 percent serious, but it's it's unfair to for the Darren Mackey comparison because um, he's an infinitely better player than Darren Mackey ever was. Do you think that's unfair, Keith? It's not something I would ever have come up with, to be honest, um, as, as a comparison. I just hope he gets a, a, a decent shot on it and uh, can turn something around. I mean, the only goal he's got, I think it was pretty much an open goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so he, I think he needs to score a decent goal in order to really give him that boost. But that's the first time in a few weeks I've actually seen Aberdeen playing some football this Friday night. Uh, we got a bit lucky with the one where... Joe Lewis went for a wander and Canberra kind of fluffed it but generally I thought we were worth the win and it's the first time that I think you know you could say we were worth the win we've got the results but we've, you know, we've been pretty dreadful to watch today. Yeah, over the last few weeks, definitely. I, I think you'd, you'd struggle to make an argument that we were the better team in either of those two games. We managed to successfully limit the opponents in the Rangers and the Kilmarnock games to having very few clear-cut chances themselves. 
Hibs definitely had their chances on on Friday night, Martin. I, I think I can, I can, and you won't hear me say this phrase too often. I can sympathise to a degree with Neil Lennon. You might want to record that for posterity and stick it on a poster or something, but because I'm not going to be saying that very often. But yeah, as I alluded to earlier, I think there's a beginning to be a little bit of frustration with um, James Wilson. I mean, if Stevie May got a lot of credit for doing a lot of hard running on Friday, it seemed that uh, Wilson was getting um, criticism for do- for doing the opposite. I do wonder, um, Martin, if people just kind of automatically assume, oh, he's come from Man United, he he should be able to take on six of these guys and beat them by himself. Because frankly, at the moment, that's what we'd have to do, because we're still not getting the ball into dangerous areas often enough. That seems to be the problem. He's, um, I don't think he's that type of... He's, well, he's definitely not that type of player who's going to take the ball from deep and go, and, go on these kind of mazy runs. Uh, he's looking to get into space. You know, they saw the, the good goal he got against Motherwell. A really good ball from McGinn, and he gets in, and he gets the goal. I think that's what we can expect from him. Um, and Hibs were Hibs were quite good defensively. You know, as much as as much as I was desperate, you know, on Friday I was desperate to be recording this and having you no know, have another an hour where we just yuck it up at FA Ambrose's expense. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. You know, they had a relatively you know most of them they had a relatively good game, bar the obvious. I mean, he's going to have to he's going to have to work a little bit harder. Um, you can see that you know. There is ability there. He needs to find the positions where guys can, you know, guys can get the ball to him. Some, he's, he, he tried dropping deep to come and get the ball. That isn't really, I don't think, going to be his game. He's a kind of guy that needs to, needs to be in the box, and we need to be finding him with the ball. So the service, well, I thought, no, like I said, I thought the wingers did have a good game. I think that they need to be finding him with the ball more. You no know, crosses into the box when if the defense, if their defense is playing well, then Wilson's going to struggle. You know, I think he needs us to be finding him. Um, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to be finding you know acres of space in a crowded box. Keith, um, obviously we've got a couple of other different types of strikers, and again, there's been quite a clamour to to get Bruce Anderson into this side, even starting games at the moment. But again, he's going to encounter much the same problem that James Wilson is having, isn't he? That I mean, touches in the opposition box are an absolute premium over the past few games. And yeah, you can put some of that down to the conditions on Friday night, but just how we've been playing hasn't really been stretching teams. We've not really been spending the time in the opposition half that would allow our attacking players to, to find space and find time on the ball. Yeah, and I think that People would um, be looking at, oh, I wish we had Aaron Rooney again. But even when Rooney was uh, scoring his goals, wouldn't they have got many in the way Aberdeen are playing just now? It seems that Bruce is a bit more of an instinctive striker um, and might get in and around the box a bit more than Wilson. I think Wilson have a shot that went out for a throw and again against Hibbs. Maybe, maybe actually just about made it for a goal kick this time. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't very impressive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we've seen enough from Wilson yet uh, to make any kind of real judgments. I'm sure he has to play as part of the loan deal. He's probably like he's got to play a certain number of games. But I wouldn't be averse to seeing uh, Bruce up front with you know, To be honest, um, he's a bit, a bit of a live wire, and I think we kind of need that energy. It is, uh, and I think Keith's quite right to point this out, Martin, still quite early days for James Wilson. But of course, the problem with loan deals is that you really do have to try and hit the ground running. And when we've had guys who've been successful on loan, they have tended to do that. You look at Madison, you look at Christie. He's came in, and I think you're you're right to say that, Keith, that we've probably been told if he's he's anywhere near fit, he plays. 
um, which you know is the nature of you know the market we find ourselves in. Um, you can see that obviously Cosgrove now appears to have dropped to fourth choice. Um, you know Anderson came on ahead of him um, for Wilson as well on Friday. Uh, so you're looking at you know if Wil- if Wilson is going to play, then you're looking at one of Anderson and May. Um, I think M- McInnes is probably going to stick with Stevie because he spent so much money on him. <laughs> um, it really, um, he's obviously wanting to try and see a return there and hoping, you know, hoping beyond hope that you no know, Stevie will come good and you no know, like we all do. It is a bit of a pickle because I don't I don't know how long you can stick with him. I mean, you no, know, like you say, you had the shot against Kilmarnock that went out for a throw in. Uh, the, sh- the other one on Friday that went miles away as well. You no, know, he's willing to at least try and take pot shots here and there, but if he's not getting them anywhere near on target, you're kind of you're kind of cringing a little bit and. It, he, sort, he seems to look like whenever he gets fouled, he just he seems to get up really slowly, and it just, there is that kind of worry that the guy's just made a glass, and you know we're not going to see anywhere near the best of him. Yeah, I, I mean I, I saw quite a lot of um, Hibs last season, and when you look at when Camberry and McLaren came in on loan there, and the impact that they made straight away. Um, and they bring a bit of excitement and something, um, you know, they look dangerous. All the time. There's, I don't think there's any point where you think James Wilson looks dangerous or that a defender might be a wee bit worried about him. But again, it's an interesting comparison to make with Camberry and McLaren because this season they have struggled more and that's because Hibs have obviously been shorn of what was last season's midfield. So, yeah. you know, they're maybe not having the fluidity that they did last season. They still scored more goals than us, but frankly, I think most of the league have scored more goals than us. But uh, but no, that is an interesting comparison. I do, I do wonder, though, Keith, if it's just a case of, you're right, people have maybe reached the tipping point of Stevie May and they're willing to really properly get behind him now, and it's just a case of who's next in the firing line. That's fair enough. I, mean, I don't know how, how strong the kind of grumblings are about uh, Wilson. I, I think it's, it's early days. He's a guy who's it's been a bit of a stop start, but um, you know, at least he's one of the recruits that we're actually seeing, as opposed to the likes of uh, Forrester, Gleeson and so on. So, um, I think we need to give it a bit more time. Obviously, the next one is not until January, so there's going to be a lot of games in December. And hopefully, stays injury-free, gets a run, and we'll see how, how things go. Yeah, that midfield uh, area. We've, we have spoken at length, Martin, about Gleeson and about Forrester. Let's look on the positive side. Uh, Lewis Ferguson, again, showing different strings to his bow on Friday night. I thought a really aggressive and competitive performance in the middle of that park. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was he was doing basically the job that we know we usually expect from Graham Shinney. You know, he was going in there, was winning tackles, winning balls, really good distribution as well. Um, I, I get the thing that this is the this is the guy that we're going to rave about every week uh, for the re- for the rest of his time at Aberdeen. Just another really really impressive performance. He's the guy that now I think you know a lot of the a lot of the fans are going to be looking to for something, you know, given that moment, whether it's a strong tackle, whether it's a good pass, whether it's a shot that lifts the crowd, he's one of these guys that we're going to be looking to, and it was, it was just another, for a, for a young guy like that as well, where um, I think, it's a phrase you've mentioned before when we have, we've had younger guys just on loan, it's like he's got that, he seems to have that gallusness, and obviously that comes from, you know, his family, um, but he's just got that gallusness and bravery where he doesn't seem, you know, he doesn't seem to fear anything, uh, and he looks like, and this is exactly what we want in the team. He looks like a, a 100% winner 
Yeah, I take it you've also been impressed, Keith, by how well he's adapted to... I mean, he'd only played about 15 games at Hamilton before he moved up here. Yes, it's handy. He keeps popping up with uh, important goals and important moments, but I suppose that is what big players do. And uh, he seems to be the main man at the moment for us. Um, I think Shinny's been in his shadow a bit. I sort of think we've seen the best of Shinny so far this season. But yeah, it's, it's good to have... Lewis Ferguson uh, in the team it gets a bit annoying with the links to what Barry says or what Derek says yeah, it's, it's good to have an exciting young player. Well, another young player uh, who featured on Friday night, uh, unfortunately not one of our own, but Max Lowe continued at left back on Friday, uh, deputising for Andy Considine. Obviously, Max and their much more aggressive, attacking-minded player. We'd had a little dig at him last week, Martin, because he positionally, especially against Hamilton, seemed to be a bit all over the shop. Seemed to have um, reined it in somewhat last Friday, and it was a good display. He was one of the guys I thought was probably in contention for a man of the match. Um, I thought he had a really, really good evening. He coped with he coped with what came down the down the, the side at him. I don't think he had a hell of a lot to do, but you know, he, but what he did have to do, he did well. He was getting forward. He was finding passes. You now, if he wants to stay, you know, you know, I like Andy Constein. You know, he's been a great servant for Aberdeen. But someone like Max Lowe in the squad gives us more options as well, and um, it, it, can, it can only help. And you know, big fan of his so far from what we've seen. That was the quietest I've seen uh, Martin Boyle for a while. Um, It didn't get any change out of Max Lowe at all. I don't know whether it's because of his uh, red leanings, but Martin Boyle never ever seems to find any sort of end product against Aberdeen. So <laughs> but, uh, he is as much of uh, a dandy as the rest of us on this show. So we're not going to, I'm not going to slag you too much, Martin. Uh, let's inevitably talk about the goal. And it, it uh, for all Martin says that Hibbs put in a decent defensive display, Ryan Porteous had a bit of a shocker, which is probably no great surprise to anyone who's <laughs> tracked him that closely over the past year. His short pass, Gary McKay Stephen, very, very sharp, very, very quick onto it still got a, an awful lot to do when he does that though but the shot and the goal just speaks of someone in total confidence and he's always been a confidence player but I think throughout most of this season Keith he's he's, he's kept that level of performance up which has been the surprise yeah yeah I mean uh, tremendous goal uh, that was a nice one to draw really nice strike I thought it was the way Porteous kind of his shot turned inside or seemed to turn this slowly like a tractor try to get around there and uh, invited it but um, to take the shot early right in the corner it was, it was an absolute peach he's, he's been playing really really well sometimes he's still like disappearing in games but the, the, the consistency is um, getting better but it seems to be that you know, as he plays is how Aberdeen play to be honest it used to be that I felt the same kind of thing with Johnny Hayes when he had a decent game, Aberdeen were playing well. If he was pretty anonymous, we tended to have a poor game. So I think a lot of the good things that we do go through Gary at the moment. Obviously, we would like it to be a little bit more spread about, but um, whilst he's on decent form, it's nice to see him like, getting into the, the Scotland squad. And there can't really be any arguments about that call-up, can there, Martin? It doesn't even seem to be, you know, as a result of call-offs that he's in that uh, 22. Thoroughly deserved. My interest in the national t- national side isn't exactly huge. Um, no, I've been honest about that on here before. But uh, someone like Gary McKay, Stephen, if no, no, if you're picking an international squad, as far as I'm concerned, you pick the the player, you pick on form players. You don't pick names. And Gary McKay, Stephen, is one of the guys who 
has been in the last few weeks has been really on form, despite the fact that you know we've not played brilliantly in games. No, he's been he's he's been good. He's had moments. That goal on Friday was just a, a prime example of just you know a guy with like you no know, the brains, football and brain. He switched on. He sees the mistake coming and he capitalizes on it. Uh, that's what you want, you know. You you don't go picking this guy just because he's played you know thirty caps or whatever it is for Scotland. No, someone like Gary McKay Stephen, you know, is thoroughly deserves deserves his chance to get in that squad. Yeah. Well, let's just briefly talk about some of the other players who were called up. Obviously, four in the senior squad, and that's kind of unprecedented. Uh, for the last 20-30 years for the Dons it's, it speaks I think great volumes of um, where we've come over the past couple of years even if we're not necessarily adding to the trophy cabinet and I think the most intriguing thing Keith is, is going to be that centre-half partnership now I've seen you be a little bit snippy about uh, uh, Scott McKenna's valuation but um, the two of them together are beginning to have a real bond there at centre-half Devlin and McKenna yeah, they seem to be flatmates. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw that on uh, was that on BT Sport on Friday the interview with them. Um, so I didn't realise that before then. I think I mean they've got the makings of a really really good partnership. My my thing with McKenna is I just you know if somebody genuinely offers a million, they'd be biting the hand off. I I think, but he's, I'm not saying he's not a decent player because he is, and he's still very young. I, I really like Devlin. I probably First of all, kind of run a game. Devlin kind of managed to put together the season, Martin. And I thought Devlin on Friday night was absolutely immense. Uh, early on, all the other defenders struggled a little bit with the wind, inevitably, but uh, he didn't. He was getting his head to everything. He was timing everything so well. I, I just thought he was fantastic. And of course, at the game, you hear him talking the defence through as well. He's not captain. I don't even think he's vice captain, but he he has that obviously experience. That, Hamilton and he just naturally leads and just, you know he talks his defence through games and it's, it's really good to see. Yeah I think you, you you hit the nail on the head there you know he's got that experience of when he comes from Hamilton you know he's well, Hamilton do have you know do play you know bring through younger players or they have you know they, they have a very transitional squad seems constantly but he's he was a guy who was there seen as a leader you know there's two or three of them that were there um, and he's brought that to us uh, and it's kind of harked back to a few seasons ago where we had guys who, who'd been captains at other other clubs and it came in and were capable so you had some guys that maybe even like Quinn and Barry Robson and you know, when Shinny came in as well Devlin's one of these another of these guys who comes in isn't captain no it isn't probably would be maybe would be third or fourth when you know, if there were give, doing subs and giving it Passing around the armband, uh, but yeah, you're totally right. He was winning. He seemed to win everything in the air, which was just great to see. You know, um, as I thought his distribution was great as well. There was a lot of times, you know, but you say with the weather there, where it took a few to get a few of them. Um, Logan a couple of times it took him a few minutes to realize, well, maybe twenty minutes to realize it's actually kind of windy here. You know, stop playing these long balls. Stop playing it up high. 
let's just try and keep it on the deck and keep it no passing quick. But Devlin was just just seemed to just take that game in his stride and he didn't seem to have didn't seem to phase him, um, which is just so good to see. Another guy who and like you know, like you talk about Mackay Stephen being in the Scotland squad. No. Devlin thoroughly deserves that as well because he's been he's been excellent for us this season. Really has been excellent. He's still arguably, you know, one of the top defenders in the league at the moment. To take slight issue with the with the point about the distribution on Friday, I thought one too one too many often times he was he was resorting to put it long, but frankly I'm not that fussed if my defenders do that. If my defenders are doing that instead of playing short, simple balls to a midfielder who's showing, that's a different matter. But, you know, if a defender is just A, clearing his lines under a bit of pressure and sticking it in the stand rather than trying anything fancy, I, I really don't mind that. Especially in a game like Friday where obviously the conditions meant that um, the possibility of an error was, were going to be high. I think if you look at the available centre-halves, Keith, as well for Scotland, it looks like they are going to actually start together. That would be pretty, that would be pretty decent, wouldn't it? I don't know how Mulgrew is still um, hanging around. And obviously they've had Jack Henry. And, and I sense, Martin, there's still a kind of a residual snippiness about, oh, you know, the side in eighth place, whatever we were, when he was first getting called into the squad, getting, getting a defender in the team ahead of... You know, David Bates was uh, was the name that I, w- I saw used quite frequently when Devlin was called into the last squad. You know, again, you've got a guy who's who's they're both good ages. I mean, McKenna, you you obviously turned twenty two today, and I actually had to stop and double check that because I was like, he can't just be twenty two, and not only that, he can't only have just broken through about fourteen months ago. It just seems incredible how far he's come in that period. He's got a chance, doesn't he? And they've both got a chance to. Maybe not cement, but really put down a marker because if there's one thing in that Scotland team at the moment, there are places up for grabs. If we're being honest, though, I think that you know they 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 get a chance to if they get a chance to play together and impress, then that will that will say a lot. I mean, I don't think the current incumbent in the Scotland manager's position will be there much longer anyway. You no, know, within the next probably six eight months, there'll be a new Scotland, a different guy in charge of Scotland. Devlin and McKenna play together, play well. They just can repeat. Repeat what they've been doing when you know, on the, the limited time they've had together playing for Aberdeen, because obviously we've had you know the suspension and things like that. Then there's no there's no reason to say why that they can't continue that you no know, for for Scotland on a on a on a regular or semi regular basis. I mean, like you say, you no, know, there's there's a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, I think Mulgrew is I think Mulgrew's pulled out through injury as well. McKenna's shown he can do it, and like you say, it's unbelievable. Eighteen months ago, where was this guy? And he's suddenly, he's suddenly, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, and it's unbelievable the rise and rise of him. And you know, it's, he's, he's obviously been getting noticed because you no know, impressive performances will get you noticed. Devlin as well. It's like the worry is that you no, know, if they both keep up this kind of performances, then it's not just McKenna that you no know, other suitors will be looking at. You no, know, the worry is that they'll be looking at uh, Mikey Devlin as well, and then we find ourselves with you no, know, with you no, know, our, our wonderful centre half partnership gone. Let's move on to a cheery topic. In fact, of uh, players possibly leaving us, and the other two uh, co-ops to the squad, Graham Shinney and Gary McKay Stephen, are obviously both at a contract at the end of uh, the year. And history kind of tells us, Keith, if Derek McInnes is going to hold on to squad players. They're generally signed up by now, aren't they? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised. Do you think Shinny would possibly be away? I'd be surprised if he. I think this is kind of like Shinny's level, to be honest. I'm not convinced that he's. Well, I think when he was in really, really good form, you could argue that he was like he'd have been playing for Scotland just now. I'm not so sure. 
Yes, yes. Um, although two yellow cards in 12 league games this season, I hate, I hate to be the bearer of pedantic fact against your barrage of comic intent, but... Then... <laughs> <laughs> never let a, never let a fact get in the way. <laughs> Martin, we, we've obviously discussed this before. Uh, nothing really changes. So I guess as a theory was put to me was that McKenna goes for decent money in January, then the opportunity might exist to push the boat out a little bit more for those two in a similar kind of way in which... Joe Lewis and Shea Logan got contract extensions immediately after Johnny Hayes went out the door. Yeah, I mean that certainly looks like the probably the most most sensible option. I think or most reasonable option. Um, like you say, it's it's the business is usually done by now. Um, so the worry is, you know, we get to find ourselves in January. You know, this maybe sign pre-contracts elsewhere or something like that, or perhaps they just run the contracts down. The wor- the worry is that kind of the season tails off because you know fine that the captain. And you know the star winger are going to be leaving. That will obviously cause some unrest and in the in the, the support. Um, I'd like to think that you know if there's any if there is money available, you, know, you want to get the captain signed that signed up. Surely we've seen this with you know the previous captain um, where where he went um, and there was there was this whole. It seemed like it, it it only went on for I think maybe four or five months, but it seemed to go on forever. But with Ryan Jack, the, don't want that situation with Shinny where is he will he won't he will he won't he kind of thing. And the same goes with Mackay Stephen. You know, there's a guy who one of the few guys who you would you would say, you, know, you pay your money to see. Um, so you want to see if we can get any money in. You know, dare I dare I say, whisper it. You know, perhaps you know some of this DNA money could possibly go to maybe giving them a few extra quid a week. I don't know. Yeah, let's not go down the DNA route. Um, no. What I'm going to say, I think it was almost better, Keith, wasn't it, last year when. Kenny McLean around this time said that he was definitely away because we were spared that six or seven months of just uh, endless um, headlines in the Evening Express saying Don's open new contract discussion when you know fine well that nothing's going to happen. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Let's talk a little bit more with Keith about, um, well, what has been a runaway success of his Fitba Tweets account. Now, Keith, You've been only been doing this for three, four months now, I think, and you've amassed a huge audience on Twitter. It's basically taken over Scottish football Twitter over the past few months. It's the hit rate. I think the gag rate is fantastic. And if you've not seen them, um, obviously it, it's it's cartoons. It's uh, I'm not going to say it's simple to draw because I couldn't draw. It is. It's the gag rate. So what comes first? Is it is it the image or is it the gag? It's usually a combination of both. There's Always a lot to draw. I think I've put up maybe three or four even today, because um, there's always subjects coming round. So for the weekend games, I think there's like four or five topics, and it's just something that kind of strikes me. And then I think, okay, what would that look like? And I kind of start to experiment with it, some different styles, as well as the live action stuff. I enjoy doing the, the live action ones or after the game, because what tends to happen is if I'm drawing during the game, there's just a Share the ball, the goals go in, and I can't keep up. But I like drawing those kind of um, action ones and uh, getting the um, different Scottish dialects and stuff and, and slang going on around them. But generally, if something happens 
over the weekend or anything to do with Scottish football, I was trying to think of what is my angle on that, and then the drawing then comes probably off the back of that thought, and so it, it kind of all merges the two of them together. I wouldn't say that one initially comes before the other. Obviously, um, in terms of inspirations, I'm sure there there are lots in terms of your art, but the obvious one from a footballing point of view is David Squires, whose who's work I'm, I'm sure people have seen in The Guardian. That tends to be a little bit more satirical, a little bit more uh, linked to non-footballing events, but uh, it, it goes to show, it, it, I think it proves how ripe football was for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really much of that around Scottish football. I remember growing up where you would have um, stuff in the Daily Record that would be Rod would have like a single panel uh, cartoon pretty much every day, which was usually two guys walking past the sandwich board that had the latest headline on it and then making a comment about it. And there, there wasn't any kind of grand plan with any of this. I have a usual day job. I've done cartooning on and off for a while, but really the last couple of years done it a bit more on Instagram and on Facebook and things but it's usually relating to business and corporate culture and or just everyday life kind of stuff and then I just um, I think it was just the start of the season when uh, it was the Johnny, Hay- Johnny Hayes uh, Stephen Aismith incident that, uh, that kind of sparked it and uh, Drawing a cartoon of that, people tend not to get offended, riled, or want to have a go at somebody who draws a cartoon. <laughs> so, you know, if you post a video, or you, if you sometimes end up getting into just text, comments, general comments, and that's always like a, you can get a back and forth, you can get abuse that way, but people don't tend to get abusive about a cartoon. Um, I think David Squares is just like a brilliant storyteller, um, and I don't really aspire to do that kind of thing. He's way better at drawing than I am as well. Um, I like the fact that with the with this is that I can be watching a game and by half time have drawn something that happened in the match. Uh, or at the end of the match. And if it's a really positive thing that's happened, then they tend to be better received. Like in my highest ones Thursday night is the biggest one I've ever done, which was the Celtics 14 seconds go um, and just to be able to do that really really quickly you can capture the essence and the mood and the flow of things with a simple drawing you don't need to be great at drawing in order to do that it's just can you get the message across really quickly with the basics keep it simple if you keep it simple people can react to it quicker and uh, I think enjoy it better it does seem to be one of these ideas that has been around forever, but it has only been three months, and it has been remarkably successful. And obviously yeah. there's Scottish football uh, on Twitter, you've got Old Firm Fact, you've got the Simpsons SPFL. It, it, there's so much there to take a pot shot at, isn't there? Yeah, and I, I, I try to do it not not being in, in like a, a nasty way. I don't think any of us really kind of want to really have a go at people in a really negative way. I think it's just kind of like poking fun, having a laugh, and kind of really celebrating what Scottish football is about just now, because I think that this season, certainly, there's way more happening uh, in Scottish football than 
any other league, I think, for entertainment value on and off the pitch. Um, and, you know, I, I do sometimes draw stuff for English football. Uh, in European football, you, you can you can have the, the howling mistakes and the great goals and all that kind of stuff, but you don't quite have the madness that goes on off the pitch and the banter and the, the laughs that you can get out of it all. Uh, there's people in every team that are just, it's all like wind-up merchants like Levine and all that kind of stuff and Morales is always good for, for a laugh and you can do, there's so many players you can have uh, a bit of laugh with and also the commentary teams and all that so like the, the BT Sport guys and that, they kind of get it, you can have that kind of banter, you can draw cartoons of them, they react, react well to it. I did one tonight, as a Rob McLean one and he's He's like that as well and commented on it, even though it's a bit of a, of a dig that way. But um, it's always relatively light-hearted, not to be taken too seriously. Um, and I think that's that's what's kind of working with old fun facts and the Simpsons one and all that. It's it's more about like celebrating the uniqueness of Scottish football. I think when it comes to when it comes to the actual drawings themselves, Keith, I'm really impressed with the way in which, I mean, they are. Fairly simplistic, but you manage to players that you tend to be still identifiable, and you don't have to resort to stereotypes to do that. Morelos is a very good example. You could quite easily be sticking a sombrero on him if you were, you know, from the seventies. But uh, <laughs> you don't use the word simplistic. But yet within that, there is obviously still quite a degree of talent and, and skill to to be able to convey who yeah, these guys are. It, it, I mean, it doesn't. There's, there's some of the, the really really good cartoonists. Um, draw incredibly simple characters and, and some of them are like almost like stick people it's quite similar to the kind of stuff that I do as well with slightly different takes on it but it's the idea it's generating the idea when somebody reads the cartoon you need to be able to get that message across you're communicating the message so people don't necessarily want to go and find what that message is and get involved in the detail you know you try to draw a likeness to somebody and they're like oh well that doesn't really look like them does it you know, and I do that kind of close-up stuff from time to time, but I like the fact that for a lot of the Fitbottweet stuff is that you can just make sure you get the colours to the strip they're wearing, get the referees' colours right, get the goalies' colours right, make sure you've got skin colours right, hairstyles if they're something that stand out. But generally, you can have quite a lot of generic kind of characters in there. It doesn't take away, it doesn't detract from the point that they're trying to make. Real thrill to have you on, Keith. Uh, I've got, uh, it allows us, first of all, to apologise for um, when when you first came out. I think we we damned you very much with faint praise um, on our old account and said that uh, uh, some of these are quite good. Uh, no, some of these are, are oh, yeah, absolutely some, some of these are absolutely brilliant. Um, so I'm sure you are already following it because. Uh, Everyone pretty much is, but it's Fitbat tweets one word because obviously Twitter accounts are one word anyway. And if you're not on Twitter because it's a horrible cesspool at the very best of times, I would still urge you to go and have a look at uh, Keith's account. A fine body of work, and it is. It's just the gag rate is fantastic. You're right. Today, even a very quiet day, still four or five pieces. So uh, a, a great addition to the um, Scottish football Twitter culture. Let's just have a little state of the union on where we're at uh, ahead of this international break because that's the first round of games completed and uh, with the exception of Livingston, we've obviously played everybody. Now, Martin, we said the other week that wins over Killian Hibbs would be important to getting us back in the pack. 
And they've delivered. They've delivered. It's not been a vintage first round of games, first 12, 13 games, but we're in there. We did exactly what we needed to do, you know. Hearts obviously dropping points, Celtic dropping points as well. Uh, it's done us a bit of a favour. If everybody else can take points off of everybody else, and then we can just keep the keep you know, a, a good, a decent winning run going, that'd be fantastic. There's a, there's obviously things that are we're unhappy about over the course of the season. You know, losing at Tynecastle was was desperately disappointing. But you know, there's a, there is a lot to be positive about going forward. We've got a tricky some tricky games coming up after the break as well. There's a lot to be positive about this season. I mean, it's not been vintage stuff as I mentioned earlier on. We've mentioned before. You no, know, it's been a slog at times, but. You know we're picking up we're picking up the results five points off the off the top of the league. It's it's not the end of the world. You know there's a there's still a lot of, a lot a lot of football to be played. And I think that you know the glass is definitely half full as opposed to being half empty. You crammed quite a lot of cliches into that, Martin. Well done. I know I did. I, I like the glass. I like I like the glass half full thing. There was it was on it was on something I was watching the other day and it just stuck in my head. <laughs> I think the other side to this, obviously, apart from the league form, which, which certainly hasn't set the head of a light, but those were two important wins over the last couple of weeks, uh, we have reached the cup final, and the manner of reaching the cup final is probably the thing that's going to give the most fill-up to, to Aberdeen fans. Not again that we were scintillating Keith, but going to Easter Road and winning, and then beating them at Hamden. I mean, uh, it's difficult to say that we deserve either one. But sometimes that makes it all the sweeter. I think especially if you were there at Hamden for the, the semi-final, um, that would have been uh, a real joy. And actually, you don't really get too much of a toss how you play in these kind of games. It's all about the result. And there's some great resilience from Aberdeen there. Um, so I'm looking forward to the cup final. I hope hopefully these guys just give a really good account of themselves. Don't revert back to type and play a dominant ball or somebody in that kind of position is trying to go toe-to-toe with Celtic, I think. And I, I think that Friday night there was a really important one for me going into that break because I've kind of, I've got a bit more confidence now in where we're going because the performances have been really stodgy uh, and they were grinding out those results and you kind of see, you know, against Kilmarnock and that and it's like, well, we're not going to be able to squeeze these out all the time. But I actually thought we played football against head in really difficult conditions against a decent website. And it was good to see us actually playing that football and you think, okay, I'll bang into what Derek McKinnis is saying on this. You know, we're not going to be a great practice now, but you just can't keep battling away. And you hope you get that consistency and things get better. So that's what I'm looking for. I think what I'm really enjoying is that if they were sick at the moment, it's a really competitive league. And I think that's great for the game generally. And I think that having done the football feed stuff really does give me a lot more of an objective view of Scottish football and all of the teams and, and the games that are played rather than focusing in as I would usually be on uh, Aberdeen particularly. Uh, and I think that's probably what I, I'm probably a bit tougher on Aberdeen than I am on other teams uh, when I'm doing it on. That's definitely the thing about this league this year, isn't it, Martin? That the season's gone by. You might have gone five, six weeks in between games of real import, and you know we might have been putting those teams, slaying them. We might have been putting a few goals past them, and we would have had breathing space to get away with poorer performances because we'd still be able to grind out the win. Now those games in December, nine games in total, eight league games. I think five of them are against. 
teams who are looking really good this season. It's it, it's going to be really, really tough to get through that period. And I don't think any team, well, let's put it this way, I think if any team from the pack that's now at the top of the table comes through that unscathed, they're going to look in great shape for the second half of the season. Oh, they absolutely will. I mean, I looked at it earlier on today, and you know, after the after the cup final, um, we play Rangers, St Johnston and uh, Livingston in the space of a week. That's a real tough run. Um, and then again, you know, you, like you say, December. December is really is ridiculous. You know, over Christmas, I think it's is it Celtic, then Hearts, then Livingston, or in in again in the space of another week as well. You come out of that period. You know, December will be really telling. And as as Keith mentioned earlier on, you know, you've got you've got Stevie and you've got James Wilson. You know, these guys are going to have to either put a run together or they're going to have to be on form because there's a lot of games coming quickly. Um, so if anybody picks up picks up knocks. Or can't be playing. You're looking at guys coming in, but be picking up lots of lots of points uh, because you know, the league isn't the league isn't really that spread out. You know, I mean, there's there's obviously I think it's the decent Mariner you no know, almost cast adrift already at the bottom of the, the bottom of the table. But um, I think anything from Hibs in eighth upwards, you know, two or th- two or three wins, you no, know, a, sm- a a little decent run, and you find yourself back in back at the top, but near the top of the table. So. Um, Consistency once again will always be will always be key. I think that's one thing that Derek always says, um, and it's it, it will prove to be true. You know that you know all the nine games, you know eight league games in December will be will be the real tester, um, and it probably will be you know the defining month of anyone's season, not just ours. And to double down on the point you made earlier, Keith, it's going to be a time for those guys who maybe haven't snatched their opportunities in the squad so far. They're going to get minutes. They're bound to get minutes. So your Foresters and your Gleasons, they're bound to get some game time. Yeah. Is Forrester injured? Or is he just not... We don't believe so, no. No, not even making the bench. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a real test, isn't it? I mean, if you do start to pick up any, well, red cards, wouldn't be so hot. But on the injury front, if you can stay injury-free through a really tough December... Then you know you're still going to be in with a shout. It's just, it's just what I really love is that pretty much every week, every game has got something in it, and and you've got a bunch of teams who really are going into the game thinking I need to win this. Whereas you know previously it would be Celtic, kind of close some seasons, but you know Aberdeen were turning out win after win, but without that kind of real pressure around them. Uh, you know, Celtic were always going to be that little bit too good, certainly under Rodgers, um, and the rest of the pack couldn't quite um, get there. But at the moment, it feels like every game you've got, you know, Aberdeen, Rangers, Celtic, Pips, Hearts, Kilmarnock, all kind of going into a game anyway, thinking we need to be picking up three points here because you can't afford to lose any ground. And I think that's a fantastic thing for the league. Obviously, two good wins over the past week have meant that we're right in that pack as well, chasing. So, uh, that's our show for this week. Huge pleasure to have uh, Keith Wallace on with us. Keith, um, what a tremendous success and uh, deserves success uh, the Fitbit Tweets project has been. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. And thank you, Martin, as well. Always a pleasure, Richard. Okay, I suspect we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time after the Motherwell game before the League Cup final. Enjoy your week off from fretting about the Dons and uh, enjoy doing other pursuits such as shouting at Scotland or whatever it is that you choose to do this coming weekend. Until then, come on you Reds.